Yo, what is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court. I am your host, Sean, sitting next to one of my best friends, Stephen Kern. Buenos dias for all of our Spanish listeners. I don't think we have Spanish listeners. I'm going to go with we don't either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, thanks for coming on, man. No, it's, no it's, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too, buddy. Let's, uh, let's crack open the nutshell that is basketball. Yeah, so kind of give a little bit of a background. Um, Steven, uh, I would say you and I can consider each other friends. I would say that's a, a fair assumption. At, to, a, to a certain base <laughs> level, we're, we're friends to some capacity. Um, no, no we, we're, we're good friends. Yeah, no, we uh, we knew each other really well in high school. Didn't know you were a basketball fan that entire time. Not a clue. No, never <laughs> talked about it. Not once. We were theater kids and total friggin' dorks. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, you like basketball? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, man, like, give me your hot takes on the end of Allen Iverson's career. And then it just kind of went from there. It uh-huh. just... <laughs> yeah. Um, see, you're definitely going to be a regular on this uh, to some capacity. Yeah. Hashtag blessed, man. Like, just... you were, yeah, like, you were the third, first person I thought of when this whole thing started. And, uh, yeah, before this thing called COVID, have you heard of it? Uh, I'm uh, COVID-20? Yeah, something like that. Like that. Right, yeah, cool, uh-huh. Cool, yeah. Um, you and I would go to basket. We'd go to Pistons games together. Mm-hmm. We'd hop in my car, go eat some Taco Bell, and then watch the Pistons Hell, lose. Heck yeah. Generally. Heck yeah. Can I swear on this? Probably not. I mean, like, do what you want. <laughs> <Okay>. I, I, <laughs> I pers- don't want to start dropping f bombs and be like, eh, freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we saw. So we we went to see games last year. We saw. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you're you're royalty over there, man. You have your own. For all the viewers out there, Sean's kind of a big deal when it comes to the basketball community. Way bigger than I am. I, I, w- I would not say I'm a big deal. I'm just too obsessive to the point that I have a person that calls to periodically check on me and asks <laughs> if I want things. The Detroit Pistons have a list and they're I like, this Sean guy will spend dude, money if we call him. It's pathetic. <laughs> I have a person that's like, hey, I'm going to be your representative. So like, here's our packages and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Where, here's my credit card number. Where do I sign? <laughs> No, but um, yeah, shout out if, if if somehow they're listening. Shout out to the Pistons; they've been great to me. Yeah, um, yeah but um, we saw John Morant and the and the Grizzlies. That was the, I think that was the last one we went and saw together, right? That was probably pretty close to when everything. Yeah, that was like yeah. that was in January or February. Yeah, it was snowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw we saw Pacers Pistons too. We saw Sabonis before he became last this. great Blake Griffin game. I hate how true that is. <laughs> well, well, did you see? Okay, so he um he actually had a great game the other night. So like we're recording this. Uh, I have no clue when I'm releasing this. Um, but we're recording this a couple days after he decided to try um, yes. against the Lakers, yeah. and he came out and just just performed. They're like it's one of those you look at the box score and you're like, oh yeah, Blake Griffin, of course. Yeah, right? Nat, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it was like the one game you tuned into this year, you're like, oh, Blake Griffin's still yeah. doing Blake Griffin things. Exactly. But if you've been tuning in, it's like, where is this Blake Griffin been? I have a question. Contractually, okay. is it in Blake Griffin's contract that he has to have a uh, like a ten and ten center? <laughs> like, is it contra- Like, he's like, I will only play in your team if I don't have to grab any of the rebounds. And mm-hmm. there is another guy there to play defense. Yeah, so that was actually uh that was part of the the thing was when uh I heard, you know, this is just for my insider scoop. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> but but when DeAndre Jordan left the Clippers, like they were sitting around, they looked at the contract, they were like, 
Oh, we got to trade this guy. <laughs> they're like, what do we do? And so they just whipped up Montrez Harrell in the lab. And then they're like, okay, this guy's not getting it that consistently. Where We got to trade him. Where do we go? Because like Blake could sue if he didn't have a 10 and 10 setter. That's in we the contract. We don't want to put the bonus on this. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't want to pay the bonus because he's already getting paid plenty. Um, so they walked him through that whole whole, whole retirement ceremony in, in, in Clipland, and he was like, "Wow, this is great, but you're gonna get me my ten to ten center, right? right. <laughs> it's gonna happen." I swear, if I have to grab more than five rebounds, <laughs> I just want to live at the three point line. Okay, that's all I ask. Uh, no, but um, yeah, he. It's been hard to watch, man. Like I like this isn't like a Blake Griffin like hate podcast at all because you and i we both mutually enjoy blake griffin i think yeah. yeah listen i there has been this movement on on uh on social media in particular just from pistons fans that like we're all excited about the rebuild which mm-hmm. i think you should be right of course, yeah. but there's been this genuine movement where um it's like you it's like you can either only be excited about the rebuild or or you can just love, or or you love Blake Griffin, and apparently it has to be exclusive. And for whatever reason, we took the the 2018 playoffs and just put it in a black hole, and just pretended like that Blake never happened when he was he literally gave his knees to us, literally. Yeah. And and like even uh even like Dwayne like you know like the other thing too is like and this will be a whole I could get into this all day, mm-hmm. but like um Dwayne Casey too apparently he's the problem now and we need to fire him too because people forget that he like made the Raptors. That's what I was, yeah, <laughs> and, and like just saying like here's the thing I'm not saying that they're bad because Dwayne Casey isn't there, but like look at their record and tell me that they're that they're much better off in the long term. Like right. Nick Nurse is a great coach. I, to the Toronto problems, it's not just because Dwayne Casey isn't there. I'm not saying that. Mm. Um, it's probably not – doesn't have a whole lot to do with Dwayne. But let's just say they're probably not having as many guys develop in their back burner as they used to. Well, it, Stanley – Detroit's own Stanley Johnson. Oh, I forgot. Our, yeah. our, our best pick we've ever made in the first round, yeah, Stanley see, Johnson. Did you see that block he had the other day? He got a he, block? Gun. He made highlights. I saw that like I saw that he popped off like earlier this year. Yeah. Well, hold on, let me look up Stanley Johnson block and let's see. Yeah. It's I mean, man can play defense. Remember what he did to Kawhi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one that, that one time. <laughs> we're we're referencing regular season Pistons games from 2019. Wow, right? yeah. <laughs> look at yeah, look at him. Stanley Johnson is writing his own story as an indispensable role player for the Raptors. Didn't Nick Nurse say he wasn't grasping the system last year? Literally, yeah. They he straight up like called Stanley Johnson out for saying, Hey, care about defense. Which it's mind-boggling because he was like our best defender for two years. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, like I think what happened was like, I, 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 so I have a theory. So I think when guys come into the league, and I'm not saying this is like an every single guy, but I think what happened with Stanley is um, he just came into the league and he said, okay, I am going to take over the game offensively. I already got the defense thing down. We don't right. have to worry about that. Right. Um, we'll just focus on offense, and then I'll be a star, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem. What's it, the problem? It turns out whoever Arizona plays um, is a little easier to defend <laughs> than NBA players. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so it turns out just because you're a great defender in college – doesn't mean you're a great defender in the NBA. 
Sean, he locked LeBron up in the playoffs. Do you remember, Sean, that one time literally five years ago now? Back when LeBron was only 32. I was there, okay? Were you? Did you go to that game? Yeah, so I was at game three when uh, it was our first home playoff game in like a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember because I was sitting up there and that was... That was when KCP had his at his dunk on LeBron, like the breakaway dunk. Was that the Reggie Jackson when he missed at the buzzer? Uh huh. No, no, that was Game Four. Okay, I was at that one. Okay. Oh, yeah. really? No yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Game Three was when Kyrie hit that dagger three in the corner, and put <laughs> dagger three on the sweep. Oh yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like that was like the one game we felt like we had a chance. That's true. You that know is what I mean? True. Yeah. But it, it's kind of weird to think about because like other than the Warriors. Because this was the year the Cavaliers won the championship. Mm -hmm. We were like, other than the Warriors, we gave them their toughest series, and we were in the first round. I remember the media saying it was, this is such an oxymoron, but it was the most competitive sweep yeah. like they had ever seen. And then the next playoff series that we have, literally two years later, was like the biggest blowout of any. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, to me, I remember uh, I remember we were all like, man, this is an exciting, promising young core that we can't wait to watch over the years. Mm -hmm. And then Reggie Jackson's ankles happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, all right, yeah, so as you could probably tell, this is going to be a much uh, less formal episode. Um, we kind of just, like, we sat down, we are like, all right, what do we want to talk about? And I was like, that is a great question. But the honest truth is, um, I figured if there's anyone I could turn on a microphone with and just have a great basketball podcast with without planning a lot ahead of time, it would be you. And I figured that'd be a fun way to do our first episode together. I Hey, you are the captain? You're the captain now. You're the captain. <laughs> Listen, I am the captain now. <laughs> I, you're the captain. I'm just, I'm like your swashbuckling sailor. You just lead me in the right direction and I will, I will swash and buckle. <laughs> In that order. You in that order. Step one, swash. I swear. Step two, buckle. <laughs> you make me buckle before I swash. I am leaving. <laughs> Dude, you never... All right, number one thing you got to learn in this podcast, you got to swash and then you got to buckle. <laughs> oh, my god. That's gosh. why half our draft picks don't work out. They try to do it the opposite way. That Yeah. We used to have... We, our, our, our front office philosophy used to be, what if we buckle and then swash? <laughs> and then we were like, no! No, Joseph Dumars. Stan. Um, oh, man. Isn't it, isn't it kind of funny when... Uh, so, Stan gets hired, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole media machine is like, great hire, great hire. And then there's the Pistons community. And they're like, now nah, we saw this. We, we saw it. it. It wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And then now they're not doing as well as they could, which leads me to another really, really interesting point. Yeah. How many Zion highlights have you seen this year? So, yeah, I, I, I want to I want to dive into that. Yeah. Um, but but first, so the, the one topic we did kind of have in, in mind, um, we have a couple. And I'm excited for, for one later. That's true. Um, That's but, true. But I, I think it would be fun if we just started um, from the height of the Pistons. And then we just kind of do like a time timeline of, of where, things, um, where things started versus where things ended up. This um, is true. So you want to go over the downfall of the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, which there's actually a, a an amazing video. If you haven't seen it, um, there's this awesome YouTube channel, and they do they talk about sports collapse. Like um, they have a series called Collapse, um, and I forgot the name of the channel, but they're like one of my favorite channels on YouTube. So it tells you how much I watch them. Mm -hmm. um, 
let me let me find it real quick. Shout out to that wonderful creator, and when we find his name, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna shout you out directly. It's Secret Base. Secret Base. Thank yeah. you. Uh huh. So Secret Base they... for ruining our effing day when we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a it is a twenty something minute video. And it goes into full detail, just like, just in case we forgot, like, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, you might've forgotten about Lawrence Frank. So let me just remind oh you, gosh. it just, it has a whole timeline starting in 2003 to 2014 and 2015, like where it was at. All they right. just do an entire timeline of like how we screwed everything up off the top of your head. Uh-huh. I want, he's not looking at the computer. Mm-hmm. I want you to name as many coaches as you can starting with uh uh my rick carlisle yeah sure let's start with rick carlisle okay yeah larry brown but all right let's start with rick yeah so um all right let's so in case you don't know the history of our pathetic team like we do um so it started in 2003 pistons made the eastern conference finals i believe yeah they they faced the nets because that's who went on to the finals that year Mm. um or was it the pacers no pacers was earlier that was like, because I think Reggie was retired by 03. Was, no, 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 no. no. Reggie yeah, Reggie, yeah, Reggie retired in 05. Yeah. Um, so it was against the Nets or the, it was the Nets. I'm that gonna, sounds right. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. confidently say it's the Nets. <laughs> All those Lakers series. Well, you know it's not uh, the Sixers because that was 01. Uh-huh. Or 2000. That was their first championship, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And then the second one, who they beat? I think they faced the Pacers and the Nets both. It's just a yeah. matter of what year it was. But that's a whole other yeah, discussion. I'm, I'm whoever they, whoever they faced, they stunk, they lost. <laughs> End of discussion. Um, and at that point, they they say, you know what, Rick? Um, you did great for us. You served us well. But you're not doing great for us, and you're not serving us that well. So we're going to fire you. And at that point, they bring in Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. And, because it was clear that this was a great team. that w- Saint Larry Brown. Yeah, St. Larry Brown. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh-huh. Thank you for clarifying. Um, and Larry Brown at this point already had a great coaching record mm-hmm. in the pros and in college. Just already had a great uh, great resume. Before this, he was with the 76ers. And Larry Brown comes in, first season, wins a championship. Um, so, good start. I mean, <laughs> but, like, um, one of the things that, like, we kind of don't talk about is that that season – didn't start out that great, and people were like, "Why did you bring in Rick Carlisle? What's going on?" Larry Brown. Yeah, I, I mean, why'd you bring in Larry Brown? Why did we fire Rick Carlisle? Yeah. And uh, then they're like, "Oh, Rasheed Wallace, here you go." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, that's oh, what we were oh. missing." Um, and he just came in and just absolutely went to town. Um, if a lot of the interviews with the former players, I mean, obviously, if they never made that trade, they would have never mm-hmm. you know, made the championship. But like, think about like Rasheed Wallace's skill set for that time in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. There's no. He was a honestly. He's like of all the players on that team. Um, I think I, I think that team would translate really well to the modern NBA. Mm. There's only certain players I have questions about. Um, I think Ben Wallace would still be a timeless player from a. I, I think he. I, I don't think he would have gotten nearly as much praise. Mm-hmm. I, I think he would have still seen. I think the defensive player of the year award has become much more of a stars award. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he might have struggled to get playing time though, just because of his size. But once he was like able to show his like defensive prowess, he would have definitely been okay. I mean, if Draymond Green. I mean, we're. I'm trying to think of a comparison. 
Yeah. And it's not... I, can't, I mean, I guess I mean like he's like it. Rudy Gobert without the size and offensive ability. Like if, hey, he got $200 million, so... Ben <laughs> Wallace going to war. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. This team would have translated really well, but Rasheed Wallace was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. And then they win the championship. Larry stays for another couple years, and then um, they say, you know what? We've had enough. We're going to bring in another coach. We're going to shake it up again. Oh. They bring in Flip Saunders. Oh, man. The late, great, great Flip, Flip Saunders. Yeah. Yep. By the way, did you know his son is a coach now? Yeah, for Timberwolves, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. This is his second he might not be a coach much longer. No, then. no. <laughs> yeah, we got to say he was though. That's so true. yeah, um, but yeah, he um, uh, Flip Saunders comes in. Uh, we get one of our best records in franchise history. Might even be our best regular season record. We won like sixty three games or sixty two games. I don't think the bad boys ever got close to. No, I don't think so. No, so he came in and just wrecked shop, and we just kept going to Eastern Conference Finals. Six years. Mm-hmm. Six, six years in a row. Six years in a row. Mm-hmm. Now we can't even sniff a playoff win. Oh, God. That Buck series, man. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, um, we bring in uh, Flip Saunders. We're like, okay, you know what? We've had enough. This clearly isn't working. Obviously, we need to bring in one of, uh, one of Larry Brown's former assistants. Hey, Rasheed Wallace took reporters off to the side and begged Larry Brown to come back. He did. I wonder if that was a Rashid move to make him happy. Well, because before then, um, Flip was still the coach when Allen Iverson got traded to us, right? I'm pretty sure he no, was. I think we were in. Or was he long gone? I think he was gone. I think that was like, there was the assistant we promoted. Yeah, that was the assistant I'm talking about. We He was an assistant on the on the Larry Brown team, and they brought him in, and they said, remember Larry Brown? Well, here's here's someone that knows him or sat next to him. Um, and so we brought him in. He he isolated the entire locker room and got rid of Hamilton saying, I want out. And so it's always good when you isolate and alienate one of your best players That's over true. the years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so then after that, I believe, if I'm correct, was that when we brought in – uh, when we brought in Lawrence Frank, or was that when we brought in Mo Cheeks? I think it was Frank then Cheeks, because Cheeks. Yeah, it was Frank then Cheeks. Cheeks was hot. he was hot. Remember, like he did the whole national anthem thing, uh-huh. saying, and everybody loved Mo Cheeks. And uh-huh. I remember when we signed him, I'm like, this is amazing. This is gonna he's gonna turn the whole franchise around. Is he a Hall of Famer? Mo Cheeks. Let me find out. He might be in. The, if I, I think I, rem- I'm gonna assume he is. I assume he is. Uh, I'm. I'm really hope I'm wrong. But so Mo Cheeks comes in. He is. Yeah. All right. So he <laughs> yeah. comes in. And he's a Hall of Famer, and con- I remember. Con- congrats, Mo Cheeks. Yeah. Um. Not a <laughs> shout out, Mo Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Mo Cheeks fan podcast now. Um. He comes in and does. How do we? Not a great job. Um. But he was also kind of doomed from the start. He didn't have a good roster. No, yeah. no. Um, we'll get more into roster moves in a minute. Right. We'll kind of go like category by category. Works for me. Um, so Mo Cheeks, we go, you know what? Nope, that's not working out. And then I believe at that point was when the franchise was like, okay, we've had enough. We got to go all out. We got to go get ourselves a big name head coach. And so then we bring in Stan Van Gundy. And not only do we bring in Stan Van Gundy to be the head coach, we bring him in to run everything. 
because they go, oh, well, Doc Rivers was able to do that with the Clippers. Let's bring in Stan Van Gundy to do the same in Detroit because they clearly have the same pedigree, Doc Rivers and Stan Van Gundy. (laughs) Hey, Dwight Howard and uh, and, uh, Rashard Lewis. Lewis. (laughs) for Alston, yeah. Yeah, last time I heard that name. <laughs> oh man, yeah, never. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but they bring they they do the old Stan Van Gundy experiment, and now we're at Dwayne Casey. I think I got it right. I think that was everybody. I thought for whatever reason I thought we had more. All right, so we got my dog to shut up, and in the and in the process, we also um, found who the coach was that we were missing because we knew we were missing somebody. It was John Custer. So it was Michael Curry and John Custer. So Michael Curry, they brought in for the year. Um, and then after that, they were like, yep, we're good. And we brought in John Custer. That was the assistant. And we let him stay for three years. Go team. <laughs> go, <laughs> go, go team. Go team. Do yep. the thing. Get the point. Yeah, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. So that was just a complete dumpster fire. So coaching, we, we, we touch coaches. That's the first level. All right. Uh-huh. The next level I want to go to, because we'll save, uh, we're going to save fun acquisitions for last. Oh, Let's go to draft picks. Okay. All right. Let, you know what? Let's talk about draft all right. picks. Let's okay. talk about them. Steven, uh-huh. I want you to name me five Pistons they draft in the first round in the 2000s. That worked out or didn't work out? Well, they didn't. They didn't have five that worked out. So I just just name five. Just tell me who you remember as right. I pull up the list of draft picks. All right. So we had Austin Day out of Gonzaga, mm. who uh, didn't do well for us, but he did have a pretty solid like half a season over in San Antonio, if I remember right. He yeah. Nothing. Rotation. Nothing says good pick like decent player for San Antonio for half a season. <laughs> yep. So we, we had Austin Day, KCP, of course, uh, Drummond, Drummond, which. Eh, let's let's not do the Drummond thing. I, I have I have takes on him, but uh. we we Drummond is the best first round pick we've had in the past. Like 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 of all the first round picks we've had over the years so far, he's probably been the one that's hit the best in the past ten fifteen years. Mm-hmm. But that's not saying a lot. Well, we did draft Jason Maxiel. I don't know. He might have been the second round. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so I have I have it listed here. So let's start with a positive. In 2002, we drafted Tayshawn Prince out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. T- heard that guy was okay. Yeah, he did good things. Yeah, yeah, good for that guy. Shout out to Tayshawn. Um, and then 2003. Let's just skip. Just skip. I don't want to talk about 2003. I'm just going to mention the name. Just say it. I, I'm just going to – here's the spark notes in case you did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two prospects that were highly – sought after in this draft and we drafted neither of them um it was lebron james and carmelo anthony and instead we saw a prospect from overseas and his name's darko milicic that's all you need to know um so we drafted him in the first round but in that you ever hear the story about his workout yes so if you don't know the story do you want to tell it real quick uh i'll give i'll give overarching yeah so uh he just happened to be like working out in a gym and then the pistons for i think they were they were traveling or something in new york and he was in new york so they go and they basically have like an illegal workout with Darko Milicic, and this dude is just raining everything on there, like mm-hmm. inside outside game, 
defense, everything. Best workout of his life. Best workout of his life. Uh, and that's allegedly the story of of how it came together. Well, because the reason why you see European players hitting much better now than you did in the past was because in the past the internet didn't exist. Yes. So the only thing that you had for these guys that would come in, like a Darko Milicic, is you only had their workout. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say they have the workout of their life, lives, like Darko did, mm-hmm. and they're like, that guy's going to be a star. So then they draft him and they bring him in. Literally, Rich, like uh, Rashid Wallace and Richard Hamilton, like a lot of these guys said, yeah, I could tell like his first practice, he he wasn't NBA ready, mm-hmm. straight up, yeah. and he was drafted second overall. You know who else had a really good workout for us? Who? Donovan Mitchell. Okay, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so we uh, we also drafted Carlos Delfino that draft who was. He stepped out of bounds. You know so what? Many times. You know what? For a 25th overall pick, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then we go to no one in 04. That's fine. We won. Um, we drafted Jason Maxiel in the first round. Oh. But we also drafted Amir Johnson. Remember him? I do, I I always enjoyed Amir. I uh, do too. But he basically got played out of the NBA because it came to the point where if you didn't, if you're a power forward without an offensive skill set in the NBA, it just yeah. But he also was like really good for other teams. But like, great I mean, job in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is it that like every guy that sucks in Detroit goes to Toronto and just that's a yeah. Toronto. You ever notice that we always trade with the Bucks. Yeah. Like, we've done like a trade a year with the Bucks for the last three years. Uh huh. <laughs> and then it comes 2007. This was like one of the um, this this draft pick was made out to be a huge deal. The, the next Dwayne Wade. Uh yeah, they were saying this is gonna this this guy was gonna take the keys from. From Chauncey Billups, Rodney Stuckey, out of like Washington State Tech. Oh, it was Eastern Washington, the Division Three college. I see no problems here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he faced Dwayne from gym class. He can <laughs> yeah. he can go up against Dwayne Wade. Yeah, um, and we also draft Aaron Aflalo that year. Who Aaron Aflalo turned out to be one of the most sought after shooting guards in the league for a while. Not in Detroit. Another guy that we traded, I believe he went to Milwaukee. I think he was in Milwaukee. Then he was in Denver. Yeah, he, did we go to Denver? Yeah, he went to Denver. Yeah, yeah okay, it was Denver. We had a, we had a lot Wait, of trades with he, Denver. I think he was part of the trade that, you know. Sent Chauncey away? Uh-huh. Okay, well, we're just going to gloss over that. Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't talk about these things. That that comes at, that, that's, we're saving that for last. Oh, okay, that's what that, we're That's crying. the firework finale, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then we draft DJ White the next year. Which I don't even remember him. Did he play? I I couldn't tell you. Looks like uh, looks like he averaged five point nine points a game, thirty three percent from the three point line, fifty percent shooter. But I mean, I guess if you're only shooting like two shots a game, I guess you better make one of them. Yeah, for real. Uh huh. So good shooting percentage. Good job, buddy. And then next year is like okay, here we go. We got four draft picks. Let's make some moves, shall we? And those moves were Austin Day, a guy named Dejon Summers. I don't remember him playing. Um, Jonas Jerebko. Sweet. We were so, the fan base was so in on him just because we could do the same nickname chant we did with Sheed. Yeah. That was all, that was it. I was not in on him ever at all. He won championships. Anyone with uh, Golden State? All right, so then the next draft, <laughs> uh, we got Greg Monroe. Ooh. 
Jeez, man. I, I, I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. I really do. Well, he also was like, listen, man, he had a terrible draft year because he came out and, like, he had all of these studs in his draft class. Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. So just let's just review because we haven't really gone a lot. Because, like, like, a lot of those other picks, they were just bad picks, and you don't yeah. need to say why they were bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, you actually need to do a little bit of digging. So um, so let's go over it. So number seven overall pick was Greg Monroe. And then uh, at number nine, the uh, Utah Jazz select a guy out of Butler. His name's uh, Gordon Hayward. Mm, yeah. but, but that's not all. Because, you see, then... Uh, the the Indiana Pacers they they go with a with a young guy, um, his name uh, out of Fresno State his name was Paul George. That doesn't. That, that, I think it was a G League player or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I don't think he really made much of a splash. Yeah, but in all seriousness, they got two of the best wing players, like two of two of some of the best players in the game, drafted two picks later. Yeah, like back to back. The weird thing is, is he's the third big taken too. So there's Derek Favors and, mm-hmm. well, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins were all taken before. Well, this draft was so weird because, like, it, if you look at the front half of it, like, top ten picks, you're like, who are some of these guys? Yeah. But you also have some talent. Like, right. if you keep, like, Eric Bledsoe was in this draft. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he went that. 18th to, to the Thunder. Well, Avery Bradley, we. Oh, yeah, Avery Bradley. <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, this is, like, one of those drafts you look at at the time. You're like, this isn't a great draft. And then it's like, what are you talking about? There's all these guys that can really play. If I was to tell you that Greg Monroe was out of the league, but Ed Davis is still, like, still signing contracts every year from this draft. Can you imagine 2010 talking about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. But, like, oh, man, wow, you're right. But, like, also, so, yeah, this is the John Wall draft, but this was also the Evan Turner draft. He's still in the league as an assistant coach. Where? That's a great oh, – I got to look it up. I know he's an assistant coach. I, it'd be hilarious if it was the 76ers. It really would. That'd be full circle, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, oh, so our, I, I typed his name wrong. I put it Evan Fisher, not Evan Turner. Tells you how how much of a splash he made. Number two overall pick. <laughs> saved the franchise. Ironically, Evan Fisher is a basketball player. Oh, he's a coach for the Boston Celtics. Assistant coach. Under okay. Brad Stevens, yeah. Okay, yeah, I they, see that. They, they brought in Evan Turner to be a coach. There he is in a, in a Celtics uniform, too. Man, doesn't he just look game-bred? God, yeah. Evan Turner just built different. Different, man. <laughs> shooting. Oh, man. I love how off the rails this is. This is great. Yeah. Okay. So then we got the Brandon Knife Kyle Singler draft. Kyle, I haven't thought about Kyle Singler in. I don't think Kyle Singler thought of Kyle Singler in a long time. <laughs> I think he's like, wait, I was an NBA player. Wait, wait what? <laughs> I played with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. So Austin Day was drafted number eight overall, 2009 draft. I believed in Austin Day. I honestly thought he was going to be, like, because that was when Durant was starting to take off, and you just kind of thought, like, oh, there's just a new type of player that's really common now. That really big 6'10 ball-handling shooting, and it's like, oh, we're going to have this amazing player, and that didn't happen. In in the Pistons' defense, he was... uh... 
He was 15th overall. Not a great draft position. Right. Um, he, uh, but also not in their defense. Um, there were some real studs that were drafted after him. There's a lot of really good rotation players. Uh, Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague, and that's kind of about it. But <laughs> ah, you got a little bit in there. Yeah. Darren Collison. I yeah. would have Darren. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damari Carroll was in there. Wayne Ellington. Yeah, we should have just drafted him to begin with. <laughs> yeah, how many times we traded for him and signed him. <laughs> yeah, we might as well just let him call it home at the beginning. That's fair. Oh, Dijon Blair. Oh, yeah. I haven't thought of him in a long time. Uh-huh. Man, there's just... Uh, Taj well, Gibson. I just got to say, um, Danny Green? I didn't... I mean, Danny Green would have been nice to have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have been against it. There, There's, like, no... There's no sport that there's, like, more names to me that, like, just come back to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. He existed. You know what I mean? All right. Fun story. Chase... Buttinger, we drafted him, right? And then we traded him to Houston. Uh huh. He is a professional volleyball player now. Yeah. On YouTube, there's clips of Chase Buttinger. Buttinger? I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But he is a professional volleyball player. And if I am not mistaken, which I very well could be, he uh, represented an Olympic team, I'm pretty sure. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, if any any diehard Pistons fans, because I imagine that's the only people that are powering through this right now, uh, there is <laughs> clips of Greg Monroe playing in Europe, and they still call him Moose. Are there Moose in Europe? They call them Meese, you know, like, <laughs> for, for multiple, you know. That... It's just a bunch of European people like, what the heck's a moose? Moose. Yeah. <laughs> you mean a meese or, or a mice? or a, a meesen. A mose? <laughs> moose like the, like the, uh, what's the dessert? Chocolate moose. All right, so the next year, we... <laughs> oh my gosh. So we got the Brandon Knight draft. We got Andre Drummond. KCP. Yo, no, you forgot someone who was drafted the same year as uh, Andre Drummond. Yeah, I, say it. Say it, Sean. Say so it, we Sean. also drafted Chris Middleton. Yeah, say it. talk about Chris Middleton, Sean. So he went to the Milwaukee Bucks and decided, I'm going to play good. <laughs> um, and not only is he playing good, he's playing real good. Real good. <laughs> um, so there's another guy. Uh, here's who's, a guy who's the second best person on the Bucks, in your opinion Drew Holiday you sure yeah would you gun to your head yes alright I respect that mm-hmm. it's he's he's the only he's the only guy on the Bucks other than Giannis that can consistently create his own offense and also be a reliable defender is Drew Holiday going to be the second all-star from the Bucks because they're probably going to have two all-stars yeah you think you think that's what's gonna happen? I'm I'm gonna if you put a gun to my head, yeah. But oh. I'm also gonna say that they're only gonna have one one all star. There's my pulled. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. They're but only the, they're only gonna have one. Could you imagine if they? Have, could you imagine the locker room after if if that's what happens? All right. So let's say the locker room's chilling, sitting there, they're like, hey, uh, Giannis, you're an all star. You know, go figure. And Drew Holiday, and then Chris is just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is where I'm at now. Okay. Huh? <laughs> well, <right>. well. <laughs> The, he's like the player that I feel like the franchise, like other than LeBron, was not very subtle about how badly they wanted him to resign because they literally, for his birthday, just put a ton of pens 
and his locker. And I and I like to think that like the players walked in and they were like, hey, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Oh, we're just putting pens in Giannis's locker." You know, normal things that people do to say that we want you to stay. I like to think that like the players helped. And, like, yeah. I, like Rickles position. is like, "I really want one more contract." So just shove the pens in whatever way you gotta have it so that it's a standing structure. Um, yeah, but that's the Bucks. So that that could be a whole other conversation, yeah. but. I think we've covered most of it. I mean, you got some in there. Like, uh, there's really only one more we have to talk about because there's, like, the Donovan Mitchell thing you brought up. Oh, yeah. Um, but we got uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. He uh, <laughs> second. He was our only draft pick one year uh, out, of, uh, out of the old Colorado. And he was a gym rat, always worked super hard, someone that I wanted to see succeed in Detroit. Happy for him that he – was playing great in Brooklyn and, you know, thoughts and prayers for his injury. But man, um, that was a draft pick that hurt to see go somewhere else and really the, just ball. The worst part is, is every time he comes back to Detroit, every time he plays Detroit, I swear he drops over 30 points. Yeah. Every single day. He's hit yep. game winners on us. He tortures us every time he has the chance. Yep. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy about it, but I get it. <laughs> Yeah, that it hurts, but I'm used to it at this yeah, point. It's true. Um, so we got Stanley Johnson, who we drafted over week. Devin Booker, you know, a week ago. Well, we had the Stanimal, so yeah, we got Stan the man. If Stan he can't man. do it, no one can. Turns out a lot of others could. <laughs> Maybe Stan Van Gundy wanted him just because you know. Uh huh. Remember Henry Ellenson? I don't want to. I remember <laughs> like he had two weeks on New York where he was just like. If I don't drop 30 a game, I'm not going to be playing anymore. Yeah, and then he dropped 30 a game and then wasn't playing anymore. He, uh, I think at one point he was a two-way player for the Nets. He was last yep, year, yep. but then he, uh, they dropped him. So I don't know where he is now. He's probably out of the league or somewhere in the G League somewhere. If anybody knows where Henry Ellenson is, uh, go ahead and tweet. Yeah. At Shawnee West and let us know. Shawnee West 255 on Twitter. That, that's that is the, the actual handle. handle. That is the actual What's handle. What's the handle? It's at Shawnee West two five five. Can you say that backwards? No. Two five five West Sean done. Yeah. <laughs> and sign. Ampersand. No, that's that's the wrong symbol. Ampersand. Uh, this is a nice podcast. Uh, so then we got the the one we have to talk about: Luke Kennard out of Duke. I think this was um, so. Stan Sam Van Gundy at this point, I think he was taking risks in the draft. I think Henry Allenson was a risk. He was a project. Stanley Johnson was a risk because there were like I mean Justice Winslow was still available at that point. I remember the big debate between the two. I remember mm-hmm. the first game they played against each other. And I guess yeah. it turns out the answer was neither. Because of how they're <laughs> playing. True, yeah. yeah, like, uh, do you want Justice Winslow or Stanley Johnson? Can I can I get Devin Booker instead? <laughs> like please. Yeah, like they were both available. Um, but he uh, – Stanley Johnson came in, rookie year, insanely promising. That's a whole other discussion. But Luke Kennard, I feel like, was the um, – Luke Kennard was the safest pick. You know, he was like the most surefire. A this shooter is, from Duke is a pretty yeah, safe pick. 100%. He's, yeah. he's got that – he looks like J, he, he looks like J.J. Redick in that he's <laughs> – white and was in a duke jersey and could shoot so it's like where do i sign and there was another guy also available played the same position worked out for the for detroit said how much he enjoyed the city 
and uh, got drafted to Utah. His name's Donovan Mitchell. He's been looking like the next Dwayne Wade. They're currently on one of the hottest streaks in the NBA right now. And he really looks like he could bring that team to the Western Conference Finals. For anyone that doesn't know the cliche backstory to uh, the workout with Donovan Mitchell, he didn't miss a shot. Darko Milicic doesn't miss a shot. Draft him. Donovan Mitchell doesn't miss a, miss a shot. We want J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. 2.0. <laughs> and, like, the thing that I don't get is I, I, I think with that position comes a lot of pressure. And I think a lot of times you just overthink something. Oh, yeah. I, I think the NBA's become such an analytic-driven league, like with Daryl Morey and the Rockets and the James Harden stuff, how they would play basketball, that I think it's like you have to know analytics or you can't be a GM. Yeah. But I think that there's also something to be said about the eyeball test. Mm-hmm. And my genuine question is, if you look at how they played in college, because, yes, Luke Kennard was solid. He was mm-hmm. on a good Duke team with Jason Tatum and, you know, like all those guys. Like, they could play good basketball, but my question is, how do you look at those two guys just strictly from an eyeball test mm-hmm. and say, Luke Kennard, that's the guy? Was Donovan Mitchell a good shooter? I, I don't remember. He's not a great shooter, but he, he was a heck of an athlete. I mean, he was, but at that point in time, we we had athletes. Stanley Johnson was an athlete. Not nearly not nearly to the level of Donovan Mitchell. Not right. nearly. Was. Stan, not. Yeah, Stanley Johnson, he was somewhat of an athlete, but he wasn't. I mean, what I was going to say before I had to shut up my dog again <laughs> is that um, he wasn't nearly the athlete that Donovan Mitchell was. I agree. I agree at what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell is a better athlete than Stanley Johnson. Mm-hmm. When Stanley Johnson first got in the league, though, that dude was cut. Mm-hmm. Like he was. I you know. So the eyeball test, right? Yeah. You're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend Stanley Johnson right now. I'm go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely. So Stanley Johnson was the proper size. He was a. Uh, he had the ability to defend a lot of positions because he was strong. The dude was cut, conditioned well. He was in the gym. Like there was. A lot of really good green light indicators for Stanley Johnson. For sure. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. He gets drafted. I, the first oh, I did too. Said, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. I drank the Kool-Aid 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's here's what I'll say after, like, you know, at, as we're kind of wrapping up this whole draft conversation. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest thing that you have to remember when you talk about the draft is that it is such a hindsight is 2020 game oh, yeah. because you can go back and say, how in the world did they think Derek favors was going to be better than John wall or whatever? You yeah, know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah. Whatever generic players you throw in there. But yeah. the truth of the matter is you, it's, it's all guessing. It's all yeah. just looking at how they did in college. And there's so many factors. I mean, yes, analytics are huge. You got to look at the, their percentages and what they do beyond the eyeballs. But also I think you can look at guys in the NBA and look at how they play and go, that guy's a star, or that guy's not a star. It's one of those, like, if you were to dump all of the information of basketball in your in your head, which would take a lot, mm-hmm. uh, love some basketball, and you just watch a game on mute, and you just try to point at the best player. He's kind of, like, that's, in my opinion, that's, like, the definition of the eyeball test. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also, there there is, like, one of those things, too, where you can go, either that guy can hang, or that guy cannot hang. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, either he's got it, or he doesn't, right? Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, he right off the bat, he had it. His rookie season, especially Gordon, Gordon Hayward leaves, where everybody, including myself, probably yourself too, like, all right, the Jazz are in rebuild. Yep, yeah, they're team. screwed. Yep. yep. 
And then all of a sudden, this rookie comes and wins a playoff series against Russell Westbrook. And and Paul George. And, yeah. <laughs> like, like this was, like, the, the Oklahoma City at that time were such a hyped-up team. They come in, they have Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. And they go up against a, a rookie from Louisville and a ton of European guys. Yeah, and a French center. That can, yeah, that can <laughs> defend and shoot the three. Mm-hmm. And they just ball. And now they got Mike Conley. He's clicking finally. He's looking more like... Like, like, you know, I mean, he's like Mike Conley. Yeah. Mike, I mean, but like in a good situation for a guy that looks like Mike Conley. That's true. And and now they, they might, they could, they could make a real tough series against the Lakers in the, in the playoffs. I feel like Rudy Gobert against the Lakers. Like I just, I have to give the two time defensive player of the year, the benefit of the doubt. Like he's, he's going to change some things he's gonna make he's gonna make anthony davis's life very hard exactly over a seven game series and i don't think trez i don't care how i don't i i'm not i'm not the biggest biggest fan of trez he's a good player he's better than i am of course but mm-hmm. I, I think rudy gobert will just wipe him out of the series oh yeah 100. well i mean yeah. he couldn't even handle Jokic. that's true and like mm-hmm. Jokic is not a very physically you know i mean i think Gifted. that's yeah uh <laughs> he is a guy i could do a whole episode of this podcast on oh, and i man. and i want to so bad okay uh, at some point i think we got to do that because right. he is just a he to quote one of my favorite philosophers the inner machinations of his mind are an enigma your favorite philosopher yeah patrick star man get off <laughs> <laughs> I'm a favorite philosopher. I was just about to call you out for pretentiousness. Dude, what? <laughs> That's what I was going for, the pump fake, man. Yeah, I bit. Uh, I bit. You, you bit hard. I, bit. Uh, I was like, I was playing like one of those like old fishing arcade games. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. I, think, I think it's very important for our listener uh, that... <laughs> That's Which a, is me editing yeah. this, that our listener. I think it's, it's very for important Sean to, to say the disclaimer of we are two non-athletically gifted men sitting in a basement somewhere making a podcast. I am not a GM. We're just just love the sport. Is really all this is, and this that's is, that's yeah. why this podcast exists. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you know. I, I, I think obviously I'm not I'm not Bill Simmons or you know mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. uh, I'm not Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm not yeah yeah. <laughs> according to my sources no yeah. we I'm don't not, have sources I'm, yeah i'm not zach low my yeah. my source is basketballreference.com you know what i mean Great website. uh-huh yeah. but i think that's the fun of it is just having some some guys that are fans just sitting down like this is a mm-hmm. podcast by fans for fans mm-hmm. sitting down talking hoops and that's just it's supposed to be fun yeah. and lighthearted and you know when you talk hoops you go on these tangents and you go different places like so, how stanley johnson could have been the savior you were the chosen one, he Stanley. He was the chosen one. He comes in, he gets drafted, and he's like, I'm the best player in this draft. He, he was supposed to bring bra- balance to the stones, not destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Ewan McGregor on this podcast. <laughs> we get Ewan McGregor on this pod. I'm retiring from life. We <laughs> It's like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And it's Ewan McGregor, just a picture. Just like just like an old like World War II trailer. Shout out to Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to your Star Wars series on Disney Plus. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Um All right, so that's the draft. I think we covered the draft. The draft well. we, I think we we overcovered that. Well, yeah. yeah. Um and now let's get into uh the finale, if you will, of what really put the pistons to where they're at right now. Trades. I like to, for anyone 
we're going to go with a, a, a more current reference. Mm-hmm. I like to think of the Pistons organization and their trades like WandaVision. Have you been watching WandaVision? I love WandaVision, yeah. It's a great, great movie. Like, you think you know what's going on, and then it happens, and in hindsight, you're like, oh, that is not what I thought was going to happen, even a little bit. Corey Maggette. We had Corey Maggette on our team, Sean. Bro. We did. We did. Yeah, we did. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's start with goods with the trade. Like, listen, we haven't had all bad. That's Rasheed true. Wallace was one of the best transactions that, that the Pistons ever made. It was a little sketchy because Lindsey Hunter got bought out and then we re-signed him. Uh-huh. But we're just not going to Well, well not that. only that, but also he, he was an Atlanta Hawk for like two days. Dude, say, that is one of the best jerseys to own is an Atlanta Hawk Rasheed Wallace jersey. It really is. Um, so obviously that's the best trade probably the Pistons ever made. If not one – probably the other the other one would be we traded for a guy named Bill Ambeer out of Cleveland. I guess yeah. I guess that's a good trade. I mean, yes, you are correct. That is a good trade. That is a <laughs> I was like, wonderful, what? wonderful trade. I was like, are we gonna are we about to debate the bad boys or a mistake? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I can see Bill Embiid is a, a Pistons legend, and I respect the the heck out of the guy. Man, what a what a thing to concede on. Great. Yeah, I know. It's taking a lot of <laughs> hot money. takes here on yeah. on uh, hot takes from half court. <laughs> um, no, but all right. So we trade for Sheed, mm-hmm. and then and then I would say the next significant trade which is the one we've been building up to this entire time, mm-hmm. um, the Detroit Pistons decide that they need to bring in some more offensive firepower and to change our backcourt in order to in order for us to succeed. Because even though the backcourt was definitely not our problem. Ever. No, not at all. If anything, we probably needed a more dynamic wing than Tayshaun Prince, which you could have gotten, oh, I don't know, by drafting Carmelo Anthony in the 2003 NBA draft. Just a thought. Could have, uh, mm-hmm. which you can debate all you want whether or not we could have we would have even gotten that one championship if we drafted Carmelo. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, that is a that definitely is a discussion, and I think it's an interesting one. Could you imagine this discussion if we wouldn't have won in 04? Mm-hmm. Like, there would probably be like Bryant's. It wouldn't even be a discuss. It would just be yeah, we should have drafted Melo mm-hmm. because it is the thing of would you rather have a bust in the first round pick, but win a championship, or get a franchise player but not sure what the results would be. And because it is like the red pill, blue pill thing. Cause mm-hmm. I am glad that we had the Pistons team that we did have, mm-hmm. but also you cannot tell me, you cannot convince me that adding Carmelo Anthony to that list of talent with those veterans, because the best year that Carmelo Anthony ever had in his, in, in his NBA career was when he had Chauncey in Denver with him. And they went to the Western conference finals as a result of this trade, because not only did they get, uh, they, not only did they get Chauncey Billups, they got Antonio McDice. Oh, man. I loved watching Antonio McDice. Dude, Antonio McDice was a stud. My mother loved Antonio McDice. She, Antonio, my, my mom loved Antonio <laughs> McDice, too. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, this is a new conspiracy that Antonio McDice had great relationships with every Pistons fan's mom. <laughs> <sighs> oh geez, uh, but yeah. So so this trade goes on. We send uh, Chauncey to the Nuggets, which honestly, 
looking back, and this is, uh, obviously we don't have sources, I like to think, because it helps me justify it more in my head, that it was more of a service to Chauncey. Yeah. And Joe Dumars goes, and I say, you have, I think he had like two or three years left on his contract, and Allen Iverson was basically expiring. Yeah. And so, Joe Dumars goes to Chauncey, this is my my uh, my movie in my head, and he goes, hey man, you're from Cal- Colorado, not California. Uh, we're going to send you back to Denver. We're going to take this basically expiring contract back, and we're just going to start over. Because basically after that, it was all downhill. Yeah, I I think it was a desperate last tail attempt to see if you could squeeze out more excitement out of this team. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Dumars saw the writing on the wall that that kind of team is only made to, to succeed for a short window of time. Mm-hmm. Because if you have... Because if you have go- guys like that just decline even a little bit, mm-hmm. especially with the way the East was going, he was like, look, LeBron's getting o- LeBron's only getting better. <laughs> Dwayne Wade's only getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, you have all these guys that are going to be better than us. So let's go out and let's try and see if we can squeeze out maybe one more championship if we're lucky. But also right. let's see if we can like get some ticket sales. And boy, they did for the short term, but yeah. they screwed over ticket sales in the long term. They That was around the time we... Sold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, so so Allen Iverson comes into Detroit, and he has a good first couple games, and it just falls apart. There's one highlight I remember of Allen Iverson as a Piston. He had that one. What? Like, well, I mean, like off the top of my head. <laughs> like, I remember this is like I explicitly. He had that full core bounce pass. Yeah, yeah you know exactly what. Because that's talking the about. one highlight I knew. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. He listen. He just wasn't the same guy. No, no if he wasn't. if if we got the Allen Iverson that was torching people up in a 76ers uniform, mm-hmm. you know, we even got the Allen Iverson in the Denver Nuggets uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah whole different discussion. Yeah. But instead, we got the Allen Iverson that was in a Pistons uniform, and oh boy, which is better than the Allen Iverson in the Grizzlies uniform. Yeah. <laughs> And also a Allen Iverson in a big three uniform. Remember oh, when he remember gosh, his big man. three season? He played like forty five seconds or something. Yeah, he didn't yeah. Play long. Literally, he played like the first game for like a couple minutes, and then he just coached for the rest of the season. And Such didn't show up. Yeah, we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, <laughs> run us, run amok, led astray, and flat out deceived by Allen Iverson and Ice Cube. Uh, but so that that's the biggest trade. That's the biggest thing that led to this whole mess because charlie charlie villanueva and ben gordon come in next that's our big free we finally have cap space Uh uh-huh we we, those are our big free agent signings joe dumars goes okay we're gonna get ben gordon who at the who at the time looked like if he was the number one scoring option on a team could actually do some damage i defend that transaction like that was a he was worth the money we paid him Mm mm-hmm because you get paid for past performance in the NBA. Yep. We bring what, what have you done for me lately? That's what you get paid on. Uh-huh. I defend that one. The Charlie one, I remember at the time, I'm like, you know, like, you know, he was in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. That was back when Milwaukee wasn't very good. He can shoot. And that was like the beginning of the transition to like, hey, we need shooters. I think they were both, I think they were both guys that showed flashes of promise and talent. Uh-huh. But I think it's something that you can both say at the time and looking back. Are they both guys that you hand $90 million each to? No. No. So um, that was very much a desperate, we need to get some guys in here move. And oh boy, did they come in ever. There was a, the my favorite thing that describes this whole era of Pistons basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I'm just going to pull this up real quick. Did you know there was a fan that got a Charlie Villanueva tattoo? No. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Like, I respect that fan. There's not... In the NBA in general, there is a lot less people, and this is not an original thought, but I will echo it. There's a lot less people that follow teams and a lot more people that follow players. That is a Charlie Villanueva half sleeve. Honestly, don't look terrible. I mean, the face looks terrible. In 20 years? It's going <laughs> to look a little sketchy. Uh, it, yeah, so, uh, so here's the guy right here. And we're not making, if this is the guy, like, we're not making fun of you. Like, nah, man, I'm buying that guy a beer. If I see that guy with that tattoo at a game, he is getting a beer on me. That is a, that is like the, tr- that is like the tattoo that proves I am a Pistons fan. That's very, very true. Because that is a loyal guy right there to say, oh yeah, Charlie Villanueva, he's cool. I'm going to get him tattooed on my arm. That's like you shake his hand and you whisper in his ear ever so subtly. Do you remember the Trace McGrady season? And then you just walk away. You you look at him and, and you just say, thank you for your service. <laughs> because yeah. you were like the one fan that they had consistently going to games, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it looks like, uh, yeah, it was that one guy. And it looks like he got another one because it looks like he's the same guy that got the first one we were looking at, which is. Wait, so he has multiple tattoos? It looks like he has multiple tattoos. All right. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Charlie Villanueva guy. If you hear this podcast, <laughs> Sean, what's the handle? Uh, Sean Ye West 255. We want you on the pod. Yep. We want this man on the pod. I'm glad you're speaking for me as far as who we want <laughs> yeah. for guests. This but... is Sean's pod, but we want you on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we absolutely want you on the pod. 100%. Come by. Me and Steven <laughs> will buy you up. We'll buy you a oh Mountain Dew Code Red. And we'll <laughs> sit down and have a conversation. Oh, man. This is devolving very quickly, but I love it. Um, so that is kind of, I would say, the best descriptor. Of, of what led to where we're at now. The only other trade that I would say had significance is the Blake Griffin trade. And I think you and I both have good feelings about that trade. I, we got a, I thought we got a playoff appearance and I feel like people really discredit playoff appearances. Like yeah. that is tallied in the, the, uh, the, the history of the league. Mm-hmm. How many playoff, exp- uh, how many playoff appearances a team has. And you know what? Yes, we lost. Yes, we made a trade. Yes, we're not doing good right now. But we made it to the playoffs, and like that—that that matters when you're comparing organizations. Yeah, it does. It does, um, for sure. So that—that that was our retrospective of the Pistons. You forgot one. We just stopped paying them last year. Sean, Sean hurts. We just all right. Stop paying them. I'm sorry. There's one more transaction that that <laughs> transaction that definitely defines that that you see this is you can tell how much this affects me emotionally yeah. because I I just I just pushed it way down. Yeah. And this feels like my counseling session where I just get to like <laughs> vent of all like the the childhood wounds I have from this stinking basketball team. Um so we sign a, a free agent, big free agent. Huge free agent. Huge. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was probably, what, the second or third best free agent that that whole offseason. He was probably the second or third most sought after three. Like, years. I remember signing him, and I remember going, it's Josh Smith, by the way, out of yeah. that, from from the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm. all-star player. Different, young kid. Yeah. Well, he wasn't young when he came to us. but I mean, he, he was 26? 
I, would have got. He would have had his first contract, had uh-huh. his extension. Yeah. So he would have been in league eight years, came in in high school. So he's probably, yeah. yeah, about 26, 27. Yeah. And at the time, this was around when teams like the Golden State Warriors were starting to come up. And this is when the league was saying, you know what? We're going to shoot the three. And this is when Detroit said, oh, so we're just going to stack up on all of the wings that can't shoot in the centers. Because there was a year where we had Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond, and Josh Smith all on the floor together. And it was one of the worst lineups in NBA history. And that is not an exaggeration. It was terrible. It was bad. You had three guys that all relied on having the ball in the paint on the court together. Greg Monroe, who at the time, you know, he was a good center, but, you know, there was a reason why we drafted another one, mm-hmm. which that's a whole other discussion. We had Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond on the same team for a while. And then Drummond was upset that Greg Monroe didn't come back. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. For some reason, he was like, why aren't we signing up for more of that? Uh, <laughs> there's three, a- years, three years, 17 million a year? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> come on. And so Josh Smith, his first year in Detroit, you know, it, it it went pretty okay. Yeah. His second year was pretty terrible. <laughs> and so we uh, we say Bon Voyage. The guy was so bad that that we would rather eat up all this cap space over a over a five to six year period of time than have him continue to play basketball for us. Have we ever? Is it amnesty or do we we amnestied him and stretched him, right? Yeah, we stretched him. Have yeah, we, we waved and stretched him. Okay, have we ever done that before for a player in Pistons history? Before that, I, it, it's a common practice. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've done it for a player in that scale. Generally, generally, you do that on an expiring contract. Right. So, like Troy Weaver actually did that for a couple players over the over this off season. I, I didn't really see the Dwayne Dedman part of it. Like, why why did he do that? I'm not saying Dwayne Dedman would have lit the league up, but like. So like another year in his contract. Like it's an expiring contract at the end of the day. We could have traded it. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you, man. Yeah. It Troy Collins sometime. Troy Weaver, <laughs> shout out to the guy. I think he's doing a great job so yeah. far. I you know, the wave and stretch thing, I think he probably overcomplicated things there, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's whatever. It got us where we're at now, so it's okay. Yeah, five wins. All against good teams. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. We did the big thing to this podcast is we got to spin it positive. So I'm going to spin Josh Smith positively. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. The Detroit Pistons are a small market team. Nobody, yeah. nobody you know, people want to go to LA. People want to go someplace warm. They don't want to go to Detroit. Detroit had the got hit really hard with the recession. Uh, also getting hit very hard with COVID. Uh Starting bounce back. Yeah, COVID. Here. I remember at that time. COVID. Well, COVID-14. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Pistons have a good track record of attracting free agents. Mm-hmm. We do. For a small market team, they do, yeah. For a small market team. We do it better than the Grizzlies. We do it better than uh, uh, even, I need say, like the Orlando Magic. I mean, Orlando is a big market, but we get better free agents than they do. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they're the team that goes, yeah, we, we don't want to stay here after our contract's done. <laughs> that's, that's what they're known for. Uh-huh. Poor Orlando Magic. Yeah. But they're in a better spot than we are right now. That's that's fair. Well, we'll and see. They're we'll kind, see. Yeah, they're kind of in, in league purgatory. Yeah. Fultz went down and somebody else. Yeah, he tore his ACL. Yeah, so did uh, um, the rookie. Not the rookie. The young guy. Yeah, the young guy. The that's young right. Guy. Uh, no, the guy that never plays because he oh, was injured. Oh, Jonathan Isaac. That guy. Thank yeah, you. he tore his yeah. he tore his ACL in the in the in the bubble. You think they're just rehabbing together? Just like 
ACL buddies, MCL buddies. Yes, they have the same team doctor. <laughs> of course, they're rehabbing together. This is like a terrible reality TV show, dude. I'm, I'm gonna post that preview. Do you think they're reviewing? Do you think they're rehabbing together? Just that pause. Yeah, they are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my they're just gosh! Like, uh, they're just like two buddies with like their little journals, and they're like day <laughs> day four of rehab. Yeah. My knee feels like a melted Slim Jim I left in the car. <laughs> like, I could walk today. <laughs> if I wasn't irrelevant already, I that am is now. A movie. Dude, it's a movie, all right? So, okay, you're probably going to cut all this, but I'm going to go for No, I'm not cutting any of this, man. This is we. This is a journey. If you're at this point with us. That's true. <laughs> you, you, knew, you, you wanted to listen to it. We are garbage. not inebriated. We no. are completely sober. This, yeah, 100%. I will get inebriated for the pot if you want me to. <laughs> that is on the table. I will do it. If you want me to... <laughs> for for the betterment of others, I like you will you will agree I'll to drink. It. Yeah, I'll do it. Like okay, let's say hypothetically we get a sponsor. All right, we already have a sponsor. We do. Uh-huh. Who's the sponsor? Anchor. Anchor. I want you to know that we love <laughs> and respect you. <laughs> do you. All right. All right. Since since you love Anchor and respect yeah. him so much, yeah. What does Anchor do? So you know, there's um, boats and boats. <laughs> They need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not sponsored by. We're sponsored just by the invention of anchors. Just the patent uh, office sponsored us. Just all right. Uh, who's, who's anchor? Who's anchor? Anchor is <laughs> no. Uh, anchor is a podcast service. It's it's okay. made by Spotify. You upload podcasts on there. It, they distribute your podcast for free and let you allow you to upload like unlimited. That's what I'm putting the podcast on. Anchor. You, clearly, you don't listen to the sponsorships. Are you saying that people don't listen to sponsorships on podcasts? Uh, no, everybody does. Actually, you know what? I hear the more ads you have, the more people pay attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where media is going. Dude, where else can I find out about MeUndies? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Ex- okay. No, I'm not yeah, going yeah, to go down Yeah, yeah. We could. Yeah. We're, we are way off the track. <laughs> But I want to end. Um, I want to end this podcast with a topic that we talked about. Okay. And um, I'm gonna look up some articles on it real quick. Okay. Um, I want to come up with a list of the top five partiers in NBA history. Oh yes. So do you want to give? Is this a research and come back? Or are we gonna do it right now? Um, let's uh, let's do some research just for a quick second. I'm gonna pull okay. up an article. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna think about it, and then we'll be right back. But we're gonna come up with our top five list of NBA partiers. Anchor certified. <laughs> Sponsored by Anchor. Sponsored by Anchor. <laughs> All right, we have come up with our list. It is time. This is your definitive, in no particular order, top five partiers in NBA history. And by the way, if you want, if you have honorable mentions, if you have people that you want to throw our way, um, you can you can throw that at me on Twitter at SeanYeWest255. I would definitely love to hear your your personal partying list. But in no particular order, these are the top five partiers that we came up with in NBA history. Starting off with an obvious pick, James Harden. James Harden, uh, I'm pretty sure his jersey is going to get retired in the Brooklyn strip club scene. Uh, it would actually be a travesty. I feel like he'd be dogging it. Uh-huh. Like after He gave everything to Houston and their party scene. So if he doesn't go to Brooklyn and bring that same intensity to the party scene, 
he's going to be doing that whole city a disservice. 100%. Um, the Listen, James Harden, he is synonymous with the nightclubs, if yes. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it the biggest thing that came out of James Harden being traded other than the big three in Brooklyn was which, which strip club scene was going to see a spike in, in sales that, which is, and I'm not saying that to be lewd. I'm not saying that to be crude. That is a statistical fact that Mm -hmm. people were, and there was an actual thing where you could look at his career games in Miami of how he would do Miami versus (laughs) other cities. There is, there are articles dedicated to James Harden's performance in cities with prominent strip club scenes. That um, is amazing. That is a, that is that. that is a red. There is a Reddit thread about that. It is incredible. There's nothing more powerful than Reddit, Sean. True. Yeah, they're they're, they're literally taking over the stock market <laughs> as we speak. Um, so James Harden, obvious obvious part here. Yep. Yep. Next on the list, we're we're sticking with the shooting guard position. All right. All right J.R. Smith. I think you brought up a very very strong point on this, and honestly, all all arguments after this point are pretty much negated mm-hmm. go ahead there is literally like when you think of nba partiers like hennessy which is which is i found out the official liquor of the nba how in the world does that work <laughs> they said that in a commercial like the official liquor of the nba i'm like oh, all right sweet um there is not a player that is more synonymous with an alcoholic beverage than J.R. Smith and Hennessy. Mm-hmm. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. They go together like J.R. and not a shirt. They go together like J.R. blowing a blowing a lead at the end of game <laughs> one of the NBA Finals and LeBron looking at him with that, come on, man, face. <laughs> can't believe he came back. Like, LeBron's like, yeah, you can come back to LA. Yeah, oh, He's come on. Yeah. All, right, all, right, all right, let's get your ring. Come on, J.R., let's get you another ring. Uh, so J.R. Smith, Hall of Fame, not a player, not a Hall of Fame player, but definitely a Hall of Fame partier. I, it's yes, one hundred and ten percent yes. Yep. Now let's. Uh, I think. I think with the third player on our list, I think it's nice to do a little bit of a throwback. Oh yeah, everybody loves a good throwback. Uh huh. So I think we go back, and he was also on a top five list on on my previous episode. Uh, actually, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. You didn't make your top five. No, uh, Wilt uh-huh. Chamberlain did not make uh-huh. my top five of all time. Kareem did, but not Wilt. I respect that. Yeah, I yeah. Um, but Wilt Chamberlain is definitely a top five partier because this guy he wrote in his book. Um, if he if he had to do the math, I was I just was reading on an article that he said that he would average one point four partners a day from his age of fifteen to fifty five. One point four a day. I have so many things I could follow up on that, but I can't. Because I have a feeling our audience would not appreciate uh-huh. that. Uh huh. But I feel like that statistic is almost like the Hennessy statistic. Like, yeah. You, you, you have to be on the list at that point. Yeah, 100%. But from the ages of 15 to 55, that means after his playing career, into his mid-50s, the guy was still going strong. Okay, wait. What, okay, it was 1.4 partners per day uh-huh. for 40 years. Uh-huh. Let's do some quick. Uh huh. All right, you keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, Wilt Chamberlain definitely elite partier. Um, another player that that I'm going to throw in an honorable mention while you're looking this up. Um, go ahead and share that. Okay. So that statistic came to uh, if you did one point if if you had one point four partiers a day for forty years. Partners a day. Yeah, partners a day. Yeah. I said partners. Oh, I thought you said partiers. My bad. Oh, partners. Yeah. So one point four partners a day. 
from the ages of 15 to 55, so that's about 40 years, that is over 20,000 women. That is 20,440 women. I mean, it was in L.A. Uh-huh, he was. But, I mean, also, my honorable mention, because this is another thing, is Jason Maxiel. He said in an interview that it, throughout his NBA career, he had a, he had over 550, or like 560. And that's Jason Maxiel. That's Jason Maxiel, who was in the league for like seven years? Yeah, and he was he was just like a role player. So he's not Wilt Chamberlain, and he's hitting 560. And, and we're we're not objectifying. This isn't. Yeah. No, this, no, no. This People is, are making adult decisions, doing it themselves. Yeah, this yeah. is this is just showing how crazy these guys are. Yeah, how Which crazy makes me, makes me respect LeBron James that much more. Well, yeah, I yeah. talked I talked about it last week. How how hard the argument is to not call him one of the greatest players of all time, but he's definitely the best role model of all time when he it comes to sports. A school, you know. Yeah, like. he 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 started a school in his hometown just to like help them be better and to like fight racial inequality. Like the guy is just stand However, up. However, he ended the Pistons reign and I will never forgive him. Yeah. We don't have to talk about his 25 street points at the end of the, at the end of a playoff. Yeah. Game. We, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we are so Aww. great. Uh, um, so Wilt Chamberlain definitely on the list. He, he is, he started the <laughs> NBA partier. He almost was a pioneer. Um, but the fourth player on this list is definitely Allen Iverson. Yes, Allen Iverson is one of those special players. If you don't, if you haven't already, uh, go watch some interviews with some of his teammates, uh, like Kyle Korver, um, and I think I want to say Matt Barnes. I, yeah, Matt Barnes. He, he if he, if he wasn't a teammate, he definitely knew about it. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. He'll, he'll talk about uh, just some amazing party stories. And the one stat we kind of tied all this back to like one stat. He went broke, mm-hmm. and you know he wasn't. Like, what do you? What's he spending his money on? Yeah. So let's just call it what it is. Uh huh. So he's on the list. He is rightfully there. Uh huh. He earned his place. He earned his place for sure. Because there's a reason why why he why he didn't want to talk about practice. Because he was showing up to practice hungover, one hundred percent. Oh, I hate guarding. Could you imagine being like, all right, you got to guard? Yeah. Allen Iverson and practice. And by the way, he smells like. Hennessy. <laughs> yeah. Have a great time. <laughs> he, he sounds like malt liquor and a lack of championships. <laughs> you want to guard him? Uh, so that's Allen Iverson. And then we saved the best for last. This is true. Because although this list doesn't have a particular order, it does have a number one. It does. And it's Dennis Rodman. It's 100% Dennis Rodman. And all we need to say is, have you seen The Last Dance? Because if you're if you're this far in the podcast... I would say you've probably watched The Last Dance. That's probably fair. There, There's got to be a correlation of Last Dance viewership to listenership for for From Half Court. Sponsored by Anchor. Sponsored by Anchor. <laughs> Sponsored by the invention Anchor. Um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the thing is, is Dennis Rodman, if you have not seen it, which if you haven't, literally what are you doing? Like, you should be watching that before you listen to me. Yeah. Like, that's straight up. Um, Dennis Rodman showed to be quite the partier. 
and we got to see this top secret, long rumored, long off the record Las Vegas trip that Dennis Rodman had to where he just needed to go party. And he was, he was drinking, he was doing drugs. He was with Carmen Electra just out in Vegas, just doing all sorts of things. And of, I love that of all the people, Michael Jordan shows up on the doorstep at Carmen Electra's house and comes and gets, or it was a hotel and comes and gets Dennis Rodman out of the bed. And apparently he's back at practice and he's running laps around everybody else the next day. And that's that. If that is not the most quintessential Dennis Rodman story that he can, he, he was the only player arguably in the history of the league that could go out and party and did as much as he did and just still produce on a night to night basis. James Harden snipping at his heels. There. He's definitely snipping he, at his he's heels. Snipping well, at his heels. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, the because like James Harden doesn't even look to be in shape right now, and he's making guys look like fools. And the thing is, like, I feel like we're seeing the rise of NBA stars that are just not good athletes, but can get a bucket. And like James Harden, I think is like the the founder of that. <laughs> it feels like because he is just like. Not that athletically gifted, but just his skill overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, other guys on that list, the reason why I want to do a podcast on him is just Jokic. Like, the Joker, just he he doesn't look like he has a body that, like, should work as a human being. <laughs> like, I, I don't I, – I literally thought about this the other day. I was like, how does he shower? Like, like how does he <laughs> – like how does he get out of bed in the morning? How does he shower? How does he brush his teeth? Like the like just the overall mechanics of his body. I'm like, how does this work? Yet yeah, he gets he's a he's a bucket. He's he leads the league in assists right now. Like what is going on? I think the same thing about uh you know Patrick Beverly because I feel like he just kind of like flops his way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, there's just all these guys like him and Luka Doncic. He's not a great athlete, but like. Just these great players that don't need these elite athletic skills. I think we're seeing that more in the league now than we have in a long time. That's true. I'm trying to think like mid 2000 because we were predominantly fans and we started in like the two thousands and uh-huh. if you couldn't jump out of the gym, usually you wouldn't even make it on the floor. Yeah. It's what it felt like. Well, even then, like just the the skills that you needed back then, I, I even then, like I it wasn't as defined. If you were if you were over seven foot, you were getting drafted in the top five. Yeah. The, 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 now now there's guys that are like seven three, and they don't even see an NBA court. Mm-hmm. Like Taco Fall would have been a top three pick back in two thousand seven. Well, Hashim Tabit, he basically was. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Now now Taco Falls like he's. He's the the main Red Claws like corn dog player of the game. I, I made a joke before this podcast about G League players. So it was like the it was like the like the main main yeah. corn dog player of the game where you yeah. take a picture with your with a, with a child and that's that's what a G League player is, you know. Where it's like you know the Meyer people are here probably from uh, uh, Michigan, so like the Meyer Fresh, <laughs> yeah, player of uh, the game yeah. for the Grand Rapids Drive, just like your local used car dealership player of the game. Wild Bills, <laughs> no, oh man, but yeah, there's a uh, the Dennis Rodman. We salute you, sir. Um, great. We're also biased because you were a great piston. Great piston, but he truly became an elite partier when he was on the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, with with uh, Phil Jackson uh, as as his coach, and you know that that team as a whole, though a lot of those guys are honorary mentions because like Scotty Scotty Pippen said that he avoided getting a surgery until the season started because he didn't want to screw up his summer. 
<laughs> like that. He said that last dance. He's like, I'm not gonna f my summer up. <laughs> like, I, hey, you get hurt on company time. You rehab on company time. Yeah, it's like boss. Make, boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. You know? <laughs> like that's like <laughs> that's why you do it. I, I like that. I like that. that uh-huh. good. I thought so. But with that, I think that is going to be a wrap on this edition of From Half Court. Again, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ShanyeWest255. You can find this podcast on any podcast service that you'd like out there. Um, thanks to Anchor, because that's what Anchor is, Steven. It's our best thank friend. You, Anchor. Yeah. And uh, again, dude, just thank you so much for being on the on the show. He's definitely going to be a regular. Uh, we're, we're thinking every other episode. I yeah. think, yeah. You guys are stuck with me every other episode. Uh-huh. But... Again, uh, again, I'm Sean. You can follow me on Twitter at SeanUS255. Steven, you have anything to plug social medias out there? Plug. Do you have a Do you have a Twitter? Wear a mask. There you go. Yeah, wear wear a mask. Wear a social, mask. <laughs> social distance. Wear a mask. Do all that stuff. Don't be dumb. And again, <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode, and we'll see you from half court.